0: Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this latest narration of the web series There Is No Epic future only puns. If you are new to the series, there is a playlist listed down below in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy Chapter 174, Gone Home Lim felt like a scary tree lady was going to tear him apart if he wasn't amusing enough. She was worse than the pig knight who told him to eat more protein or the goblin bar owner who gave him a juice box and told him to get out. I don't have time to play with you, little pumpkins today, the tree woman called. Wyam. said out with a sigh. Why not? Dio asked curiously, and Lim wanted to shake him a little. She was going to let them pass without issue. Why was he questioning it? Your faces bother me, Wyam said breezily, as she swept a branch across her face with a motion like she was pinching her nose. Dio nodded seriously, as if this was a grave problem, before he yanked his shirt over his head, obscuring his face, and gave a thumbs up. Sorted. We'll get moving, he said, and walked off course as he headed towards the wall. Poppy caught up and guided Dio away towards the exit, but not before shooting Wyme a narrowed look that said she didn't believe Wyme's reasons at all. Lum crept along the wall, trying to be smarter than a bug, but Wyme turned to him regardless, stopping him from leaving the room after Dio and Poppy with the branches. Advice for you. Find new employment before this year is up. I suspect stocks in your company will be sharply declining. She said with a tone colder than any winter. It was like some divine verdict, but she was just a tree, right? He gathered what courage he had, something like his brother might have had if he was here today. My loyalty is with Captain Utina, where she ends up is where I will go, he said firmly. Broken scientist now comes with squishy little sidekick, why mused and then smirked. The toy stores will be sold out before the day is up, she said. And Lem grabbed his bow, despite being pinned. Don't call her that. She's smart and she knows a lot of things. He protested. Lyne pulled him close. Her giant face making him feel so very small. Cling to that fire, because she won't defend herself. Every sun needs a moon, she said. Then dropped him as if bored. Who's your son? Lem retorted. And he was surprised when Lime went quiet. Sad little boy. I was someone's son once upon a time, she said slowly then closed her amber eyes. Now, where there was a flickering innocence lies a cold bit of ashes of experience, she said, then nearly threw him out the room. Her words haunted him as he quickly chased after Dio and Poppy down to the third floor, feeling the man almost becoming far too sick for him. Big Drussel opened its fleshy, bulbous eye as the connection to Beta seemed to stutter and then vanish. Deep within the trunk of the massive tree, his core engorged itself on the hollow shell of a divine woman. The goddess that once resided here was now worm food for his growing ambitions. The loss of Beta was not as dire as it seemed. He had seen the girl regenerate from some truly terrible wounds. She would come crawling back soon enough. His flesh inside her form would ensure it. He shuffled some flesh about, frowning at the tender wound that pathetic little godling had done to him. The brother was strong, but it was clear more than ever that he was waning. How sad it was to see someone with such a colossal power be reduced to a cripple. The more he gave, the more he was reduced. He and sister would soon be stories that he would tell to mock them. He focused as his flock gathered to the base of the tree, the more ripe of them ready to offer their flesh in their efforts to heal him. Yggdrissel looked down at the dwindling population of the town once called Small Joy, that he renamed to something he found in their collective seeds, a paradise ruled by a singular god, a strong god. His garden would be called Eden. Two men and one woman shuffled forward, their tattered clothes and dirty skin unnoticed by anyone as their flesh shifted and their veins bulged painfully. It was amusing to see them, rapture, like the little fleshy balloons, his flesh returning to him with the power. He gorged on them and allowed his own flesh to be healed by the effort. He would need to have another rare event, where Eden opened its gates for scholars and druids alike to flock to the town to marvel at the world tree. Such people would find their food laced with the Their water tainted with him, the air they breathed infused with him, and they would become him. Still, if Beta did not return, the years of effort he put into making his next vessel optimal would have been wasted, which would be a shame. But yet Drussel was not one to simply rely on one sad little girl. He always had a backup. He made his large central eye bulge and pop loose from his main body, which looked like a giant cocoon covered in eyes. The main eye slithered down the inside of the tree, coming to a stop at the base, where a shadowy form inside Pulsing Crystal Prison could be seen. Progress is coming smoothly, Nictrusel admitted, as the form then was about an average human-sized adult, but their proportions looked slightly off. To think this is what would happen when so many of the seeds were put in one place. He sighed with a contented noise. To think, he had almost killed the head priestess of the world tree when she resisted his influence. How he almost wasted such a strong seed. This new vessel would need a new name. Hyggdrasil was this form, but he was always evolving. Thy name shall be... He trailed off as the crystal glowed for a moment, revealing a woman with black tree-branded on her chest and long-pointed ears, but now she was growing a second set of arms and looked to be opening a third eye on her forehead. Zohar! The hero units had split up. Three, including the strength model, had gone the way of the mudroom. Two, one of which was agility model, went through the storeroom, hacking down the door with ease. Delta struggled to both track them and continue her fight within the symbolic space. The Gamma's castoffs nailed the two dungeon cores were adapting to her power, able to weather both her solar system storms of aggressive energy and moving closer. This wasn't like Maharia or even the Spider Queen. This was fighting against corpses who remembered how to fight like her. Pulling back her energy, she narrowed her mana into a symbolic space into thin needles, sending them flying forwards piercing two of them, which caused one in real space to stumble and fall into the mud as its leg locked up. She was distracted for a moment as two of the units broke through the secret passage to Maestro's room. Soir, get and Billy out there, they're coming, she yelled as one of the units launched a disc cutting energy at her. But Foodie intercepted it, and wash of salt and battle cry, there was more noise than sense. An arrow sliced across her arm, Missing her by inches, but leaving her with a cut on her skin. The arrow, made of opposing mana, burned, making her gasp as pain fled up her arm. Biscuits, she cursed at the attacking unit. She threw mana wave four, and it washed through Fran's planet, causing a golden echo of her boss to appear, Charge one of the black holes, and ran it down with his lance. The damage didn't do much, but they didn't adapt to it on the side. That was weird. This isn't working. "'Throwing force at them wasn't working,' Delta said with a frown. "'Salt them! Salt their corpses! Salt their loved ones!' Foodie cried, throwing more mana at them, which didn't amount to much. "'Foodie, I would love to, but I don't think salting them is going to,' she trailed off as an idea hit her. "Ah, this is going to suck,' she announced, and began to focus on the robots, creating voids of mana which was a lot like sucking on a tooth with a white cavity.' Then, eating ice cream, it hurts so much to have these bubbles forming, like taking a spoon to her own flesh. But the robots stuttered for a moment as their performance was halted, forcing them to move much slower. Call me Bubbles, because you can blow me, she gasped as the hero units had begun to stockpile what energy they had left for moving and attacking. The evolving version had it worse, with the strength model barely moving at all. Delta fell to her knees and something began popping her head, like a tiny little headache erupting like zits. She focused on starving the invaders. If she could just stall them long enough, that Maestro and Bori could do some damage they couldn't evolve from. Then it would be a win. She just had to... Suddenly, the pain flared like a solar burst. She just had to hold on. She just had to... A little longer. She pushed against the gates of the dark forces on the other side, threatened to break out. Where was she? Where was Delta? It didn't matter. She pushed against the gate with everything she had. She could just sense how strong the echo was on the other side. The thing being empowered by a second echo and that damnish goal. I will not yield. My world is not yours for the taking. My friends are not your toys to be used. Our memories are not yours to abuse, she screamed and pushed with her rather massive hands on the other door, holding it closed. Stay away from my... family, Dalta screamed. Standing up, her aura blazing in a symbolic space, the black holes representing the hero units shuddered before Dalta rushed forward, sucking all the mana away until it was her pure essence against them. Her skin felt like peeling, her eyes burned like liquid, her voice felt like glass. But she pushed on. Five highly developed calls strapped with gamma parts, programmed by a douchey organization. Against one schoolteacher out of her depth, they should have sent more robots. One of the hero units stared down as his hands melted, because the mushroom grove seemingly caught fire of its own accord, and the large beast in the middle was absorbing the flames to grow stronger. It tried to stand up, but all around it, fuzzy blue creatures rained rocks and spears down on them. Across the floor, two of the units struggled, to jerked or was all around them. Runes glowed with the fiendish power. Reverse delta. Enhance wire. Conjoined Swa, a voice rumbled as he planted his staff in the hallway, preventing them from accessing the room beyond. As each rune was named, they flashed white. Not here, not in my house, Swa snarled at the robots, as he began to grow haggard-looking from the cost of the runes. There was a sound like a beeping, and the hallway exploded. Heat and smoke rolled over Assoir as he covered his eyes. Delta's aura flickered, and she stumbled as she pushed two of the robots back, forcing them to become void of manner. Vori gored one of the units, causing parts to fly everywhere, and the glowing core bound in bent metal to roll across the ground. It landed near the strength model unit, who picked up the core as if unable to ignore it. Swa watched as agility model walked out of the smoke, holding the core of the destroyed unit at its side. "Oh, you little rust buckets," he said as it pressed the core to its chest and sunk into the metal's torso. There was a flash, and Swa closed his eyes. Swa will respawn in two hours. Bori will respawn in five hours. Delta rolled back, landing in a heap as the surface of a hand burned with a sickly green manner. Delta, Food said, as she struggled to sit up for a moment. Every inch of her in pain, she had to release the void bubbles for the moment, as it felt like she was going to kill her. Foodie, run, go back to your dungeon, she told the younger core without hesitation. No, United Network, Food Network, he protested. Something shot towards Foodie's distracted back, and Delta thrust her hand forward, a dome of orange flickering into existence before it was smashed with more dark green mana. She clutched Rudy close to her, his tiny little white self like a puff of smoke. They rolled hard, and Dalton nearly blacked out, but forced herself to get up to one knee. Their mana burns. It hurts so badly, she whispered, and stood up. But I won't let them hurt you, she said. Her eyes narrowed as her arms ignited in burning orange manner. The two new forms were no longer black holes, but something closer to if a skeleton and a spaceship had been fused together. It moved, but it was unnatural. All around them was a thick green aura that burned all it touched. Their fields didn't overlap because the agility and strength model weren't together in the actual dungeon. But if they met up... But that was when she noticed something. The gamma fragments looked a little malformed now, as if the green mana was warping them as well. They were going to melt their own command system if they kept fusing it would be an inert tool of destruction without a driver if all five were one. Delta was absolutely sure of it. If there was no consciousness, no gamma fragments left, it was just an object, just a thing. And things were just snacks to Delta. The thing was she could either focus on nullifying their of absorption or being a fighter that drove them to fuse. She couldn't do both. One of the fuse calls began to fire again, but Dalda stood up. She buckled and fell back on her knees in exhaustion. That was when a giant blue hand smashed into it, sending it stumbling away. Do not touch my dungeon call," Nu said in such a low tone that the dark matter of symbolic space vibrated. The things began to power their manner in the form of a threat, and Nu scoffed. I will not yield. Our home is not yours for the taking. Our people are not toys for you to play with. Our peace is not something for you to abuse. He snarled and raised his hands, causing extremely detailed mana swords made of blue energy streaking with orange to appear. I am the Emana enchanted notification utility, "'And I am here to notify you that you are already dead,' he said and vanished, taking the fight to the two fused cores and a single unfused one. "'Foodie, back him up,' Delta ordered and focused on slowly cutting off their mana intake with much more gentle void bubbles. "'Usually it is divide and conquer, but we hear you, mother. "'We shall force these miserable piles of secrets to become one.' Maestro warned as the agility unit entered his room, looking like a spider now with tentacles for legs and heatproof armor. Target acquired, it intoned, and Maestro rose into the air, the vines connecting the, to the dungeon, pulling him close to the ceiling. The song for the spattle, Maestro inquired, then his singular eye blazed red as he faded into the shadows, becoming an undefined mass of vines and noise. Hey, funeral dirt. Farah put down a rag that she was using to clean an already impeccably clean mug. Her pub door was beginning to splinter as something rushed at it. She picked up a bottle off the shelf and poured it into two shotglosses. For yes, no one messes with my boys, she said, and down both of them in a rapid succession. Her nostrils blowing out steam, her door shattered, and she reached under the counter, grabbing the boomstick from its hiding space. As she cocked it, I wonder if you can make a new spirit out of a machine, she asked, voice Sparrow. A large metal hand punched its way through the door's remains, and she fired, sending sparks of flame roaring into existence. The monstrous figure beyond was bulky and tough-looking, but it had oddly placed sections of heat-proof armor that overlapped badly with the protective weave. Pharah leapt over the counter, kicking up the table which flew at the creature hard. She didn't wait for it to hit as she slammed a bottle of booze into the oddly shaped hole in her weapon, causing the crystal-laden handle to shift from red to green. When she fired next, it was a hurricane of wind that howled and expanded with lingering flames on the machine's body. The hero unit stumbled back two steps, and Farah began to scream as she fired again and again. Get out of my pub, she roared. She would either blow this thing to pieces Make sure it learned to fear goblins. The agility hero dodged along the stone pyramid as vines erupted out the ground, breaking stone as all around it. Mushrooms grew with open maws, blasting sonic screams in it. Dance, dance, die! Maestro commanded from above in the air. With music I have wings and power to fly. in tone as a harsh, drawn-out trumpet slammed into the robot over and over, not having too much effect, it seemed. Maestro soared around the room, pointing his skein at the intruder and causing vines to rush it with crushing intent. How do you think this will end? He called to the soul thing. He knew there was no point, but the fact that he had no soul didn't negate the fact that Maestro was overflowing with it. He twirled his skein, and the mushroom choir appeared across the wall, shooting balls of mana which crossed the arena, causing only one side of the pyramid to be safe which the mech barely made it to. It was getting faster. "'You've sprung my trap card!' he cried, and in the safe side of the pyramid suddenly exploded with dozens of vines. From its back, two sharp blades formed, taking up some of the precious armoured sections, and it began to cut the vines before they got close. "'Grow, evolve, become a god if you desire. I will feast upon your corpse with song and dance all the same.' Maestro roared, his eye blazing. You can be a shining star, but I am the abyss that sings. You see me, and the abyss sees you. Maestro warned as he slammed his cane into the wall, causing the entire room to expand, letting the between-floor space become visible. The thrumming orange sea would drive weaker men mad. The mix stared down at the very bottom of the void. A massive dragon on a throne, wearing a skull, looked up with a dark promise. "'Dance well. Royalty is watching,' Maestro announced grandly. He raised his cane, and from his back, vines began to disconnect. "'These were support vines,' the Maestro said calmly, then snapped his glare to the mech as it rushed at him. "'But not for me.' He blurred and slammed his cane into the mac, bashing it hard before kicking it across the space. The floors will have to endure without their star for a time. For the first time since I came on air, Maestro's magnificent show will be taking a short break. To deal with some bugs, Maestro said darkly. All around him, the room rotated and spun, pieces of the wall moving in and out of the between with jarring distortions. The music, was now echoing and seemingly coming from every inch of the space. Let's go, dirty brother killer, Maestro intoned, and the two charged at each other. Yetina looked at the orange water with a sigh. She wasn't sure if she could drink it. Something inside her knew that it would be the point of no return if she did. She hesitantly scooped some out of the borrowed goblet and then let her fingers dip into the stuff. It made her skin tingle like a kiss of sunlight. She slowly put the goblet in the well and brought it out near full. Shaking a little, she brought it near her lips, and the smell was like fresh apple pie. The garden felt quiet without the music as Yatina held the goblet a little longer. Lum pushed through the massive feast hall, losing Poppy as she diverted to some library, and Dio easily kept pace with him. Just as he went to open the massive double doors, a brilliant orange light seeped and bled through the gapes in the door, Blinding limb as the floor shook, making him stumble back. Yetina remembered being in a large garden. Then she was somewhere else. Yetina looked around the odd classroom. It looked nothing like any educational place that she had seen before. Everything looked glee and warm, with maps of strange landmasses, posters of theoretical science ideas, and even desks with equal standing. The floor was made of a strange smooth substance. And the board at the front wasn't black with chalk, but with white one with ink lines. The sun was setting through the window, and Yutina paused as she'd see through ghosts of sorts, was sitting at the head desk, marking papers and trying to look upbeat. Only three of her seats were filled with students. They're not coming, the girl said with anger designed to cover her heartache. Betty, your parents might just have misread the time or got held back in traffic, she soothed, and the girl shook her head. And I'm the president, Misty,' They're not coming. No one ever comes for me. She snapped and stood to stalk out the room. She's not wrong. Our parents won't come. My brother is their favourite and Betty's parents just don't care. One of the boys said with a factual tone that felt extremely familiar. Adam, the teacher said with a sigh. My parent is here, someone said with a snort. Yetina turned her head and saw a void in the memory. A void clawing at a skin-eyes mind and soul. A maw of teeth and screams. She looked away, heart beating hard. I'm your sister, not your mother, and I offered to let you switch classes, Miss D mumbled. Nah, it's great having at home help when the homework sucks, the Void teased. Monday, I'll be stuck in some basement working on other kids, and you'll have to handle your own stuff, she warned. One day, the Void snorted. No, come on, we, who doesn't have parent issues here? The last kid asked, and he looked weedy, like he was stuck between growth spurts. He was building some sort of weapon out of connecting pen tips. Gerald, Miss D began, and the boy looked at her with a suddenly sad expression. It's just us here, Miss D. Come on, he almost pleaded. Sorry, now I was doing my best to think of your given name in case your father showed up, Miss D said with an apologetic tone. Gemma, don't you dare hit Adam with the pen sword, she said, and the boy grinned, looking pleased as he undid his hair from a tight ponytail. But he's so fun, he just shuts down and takes it the boy known as Gemma, said with a smile as he poked Adam, who looked stone-faced. Yatina was drawn into the scene because it was something she had always wanted for herself, a place where her oddness might have been accepted by someone other than her sister. She looked down and found herself shrunken, as if she was young teen once more. The teacher looked at her, features almost unseeable. Ma, ah, Yatina, come join us. We'd be happy to have you, she said brightly, and one of the desks lit up. It had her name on it. Yatina reached for it. The wooden chair was warm. It felt like home. Yatina, Lim said in a panic as his captain laid on the ground, foaming orange-looking bubbles out of her mouth. Hey, it's fine. I also drank it. Dio assured him as Yatina's body twitched and seemed to be feeding weirdly manipotent when a fake eye suddenly glowed orange and shifted to a deep hue. The eye was engraved with the odd triangle on the dungeon's entrance. Etina started and stared up the ceiling as the whole dungeon seemed to shake violently. Captain Lim said, sweating as the manner was starting to get to him. She turned to him, orange foam still on her chin, with a wild look in her arm eye. "Weather," she said with a raspy tone. "Weather," he echoed. "Global, global, planetary wide communication signals around world," she said, grabbing his arms. Oh, what are those? Lum said in a panic as Dio smiled at their friendship. Cat pictures. There was a slight pause before she got an even crazier glint in eye. Ah, and degeneracy. So much degeneracy, she hissed. Lem was too confused to argue, and he nearly screamed when a kobold appeared out of some bushes. Did someone say degeneracy? All hail the mighty Pip, he said seriously. The dungeon shook again, and the kobold shook his head. "'No time to waste. Uh, we need to sneak you all out of Quee's tunnel ASAP,' he said, and Yatina looked skywards. "'Bands of manna weaving. The floors are connected, but spaced apart and tiny space contained far away, relative in dimensions,' she muttered, her eye glowing. "'A mushroom that appeared over this light corpse was come plucking at her heartstrings.' Yetina mumbled, and then promptly passed out, as her body trembled and shuddered. "'Oh, I like her poetry,' Dio offered. Limb, while he needed a stiff juice box. End of chapter. Chapter 175. We have the technology. Delta watched as Maestro and Thera pushed the hero bots harder than before. Maestro pulling a double duty of fighting and protecting Num and Billy's cocoons of evolution. In the back of her mind, Nu continued to fight against them in a symbolic space, using more devious tactics than Delta had used. The agility hero crushed the glowing cocoons despite Maestro turning the room into a literal storm of blazing pullets and vines. No! Delta cried out as the robot raised one of its spider legs to stomp down. In the blink, two glowing eggs were yanked out of range of Maharia held one in each of her hands with a scowl. Metal men? What happened to good old flesh and blood? She complained. Take them down to the next floor, hide them behind the waterfall, Delta told her quickly, and Maharia began to move. You sure? These are first-floor monsters. Not sure what will happen if they get more mana in mid-evolution, she said, and Dalta didn't hesitate to nod. Better odd than dead, she said firmly. This dungeon in a nutshell, Maharia sighed and took off, the hero about to jump at her when Maestro intercepted it with a gain. Their bodies locked in struggle. A true performer is willing to break a leg, Maestro warned, and all of the mushroom turrets in the room turned to their locked bodies, beginning to fire bullets. Maestro! Delta reached out, but the bullets thundered into the center of the room, impacting both Maestro and their hero unit. The barrage didn't stop until a few seconds later, when smoke and dust slowly boomed outwards like a decaying flower. You think this'll stop me? The proud bard of the Delta dungeon, Maestro called, and the smoke was whipped away as the mushrooms around the room began to twang in notes similar to a stringed instrument. It was a continuous chord intermixed with two heavy thrums. looked right, his suit in burning pieces and one arm gone, and the hero unit looked thicker in places, producing a near-constant whistle that made the air around it ripple. It isn't over until the robot screams, Maestro declared and buried his cane into the head of the hero unit, causing it to pierce clean through. Bera looked around her ruined tavern, mentally taking note of which liquors would need to be replaced. She and the robot had both grown a few inches but the robot was still the tall beast. She had used all her ammo, all her mixtures, and even experimented with a few drinks, but she had to admit the robot could hold its drink. She slowly pulled herself out of the wrecked bar as the strength unit emerged from the wall, pushing wooden beams out of its way. The only true change the robot had undergone as far as the massive golden mane of hair it had grown when Farah dunked a dalt's surprise drink on its head. Unlike Fran, This hair was clearly held together by dreams and hair clips. You're a cold one, Farrah admitted as she rubbed her lips with the back of her hand. The robot only moved closer. But you see, unlike you, I don't have ice for blood, she spat and held her hand out. Outside the bar, the third unchanged unit watched the fight without getting involved. Cocky tin can. she opened her hand to reveal a red crystal. I have fire. She said as she crushed the gem, causing a tiny spark of fire to ignite all across her bar. Smashed bottles glinted as the contents spread across the floor in such volume that they formed a thin waterline across the entire bar. Vera closed her eyes as a second time in so many days. Her bar exploded. Bran better give them hell, or she would bar him for a week. Maestro watched as his cane cracked, huffing to himself in dark amusement. <laughs> I guess you don't want to join my fan club, he joked, and the cane shattered. His own form followed suit not long after. Vera has been defeated. Maistra has been defeated. Danger level 7. No loot. No rewards. No retreat. Yetina was rubbing the grass all around her as she scurried out like an insect. Binding, bonding, interlinked manner of base existence, she exclaimed. Lim tried to shift her, but she was so lost in her sight that she couldn't be moved. Someone stepped in front of her and she looked up slowly And the long, muscled leg of the guard coil. The muscle continued until she was staring at a blank face. In one eye, he looked like a stoic man monster with wings. But the other eye, her new eye, he was a glowing angel of beautifully constructed life. Thriving, singing, humming life. Tears sprung to her eyes as the angel bent down to be at eye level. There was no spark of awe or attraction, but Yatina wept all the same as if she had been seen an artwork or heard a passionate sonnet. Don't crush the grass, he intoned, and Yatina blinked. I, uh... What? she spluttered. Everything is Delta. Crush the grass, you crush Delta. Don't, he explained. I see, she said, and Lum at her. What? she asked, reading self-conscious. We should go, he said, and they turned to see Dio emerging from the feast hall with Poppy in tow. The girl looked annoyed and to be disturbed, but since it was Dio, she didn't say anything clearly. Just as they were about to speak, the entire dungeon shook so violently that Yatina was thrown on her rear and lim nearly went headfirst into the well, only saved by the gargoyle at the last moment. From the connected kitchen, the spout of fire raged out, burning a perfectly semicircle in the front door. Oh, what in the world? Yetina grunted as she stood up. The entire dungeon system was going crazy. Turbulent flashes of orange mingled with flares of deep blue rage like sea. The Gargoyle was looking at the same thing when he spoke. Dark things this way come. You'll need to leave as fast as possible before they reach the second floor, he warned. What dark things? Yetina didn't feel right about this at all, especially those strange voids in the Manassee. Like deep, hungry nightmares, they moved ever closer. Delta wished she could do more were watching Fran emerge from the side of the boss arena as Captain Fran, the defender, instead of his base form. Chilling. It turned out his base form had a cap of strength because his only way to become stronger or to threats was to transform entirely. Exponential growth that never ran out was still a bit beyond delta at that moment. The agility and strength units were trailed by a lone third uninvolved unit. The strength unit looked to be radiating heat, leaving scorch marks as it walked. The agility unit had forgone ahead head entirely, becoming a round torso with just legs and swords that buzzed harshly. What words could I say to such twisted designs? His tall, ogre-like body rippling with power. Don't try. I've looked into their hearts. There's only pain, Delta said, hands clenched. Then I shall save them from this existence. Or oh, perish trying, Bran roared. Bacon, his steed charging at a moment's notice. The glance between Fran and the hero unit sent sand flying everywhere. The strength unit was clearly having an easier time than the agility unit. One of Fran's massive lances lifted and flung the agility unit across the boss room, where it landed on a wall and scuttled along like a nightmare spider, circling around Fran. The strength unit tried to grapple both lances in an effort to keep Fran pinned but the massive goblin yelled, veins pulsing in the back neck as he lifted the then slammed the strength unit down with a bigger explosion of sand. The agility unit moved to the exit and Delta blinked as she began to employ something similar to Maestro's sonic blast, breaking the door down as the strength unit and Fran tussled. Fran managed to aim one of his lances and hurled it with all his might, the air reveling outward in a harsh boom of sound as the lance flew forth. Dalton winced as the agility unit jumped away and the lance cracked the door off its hinges. Fran hadn't had the time to come to grips with his form's power. The agility unit was gone before Fran could throw his other lance. The strength unit didn't seem interested in leaving as it charged Fran, its feet shifting to something that almost glided through the sandy ground. The unevolved unit followed the agility unit at much slower pace, almost casually walking through the ruined door. The two powerful titans clashed once more, metal against the infuriating pig flesh and goblin spite. Thank God. the word gargoyle stopped before steps to the third floor, back to the second. As if hearing something, Yatina frowned, but she could see two of the dark, sickening holes in the sea move closer. We might not make it to the circus in time, he admitted, and Lim um, tensed up. Well, what's going on? Leo asked, all smiles put aside for a serious frown now. Vanguard was quiet, and Yatina had the strangest feeling that he was hesitating because of her. "Fairplay has sent in robotic units called heroes, he said, his wings covering him with a heavy cloak that obscured some, but not all, of the tension in his shoulders. No, Yatina said instantly. She wasn't exactly calling the monster a liar, but the idea that such things had been let loose in a dungeon with fewer than ten floors, fewer than five, was ludicrous, foolish, terrifying. She moved before anyone could catch her. She rushed up the stairs, her heart beating as she ran past the near-still tree that was Wyam. Rushing to your death will accomplish nothing, Wyam said, with a low tone that made Yetina stop for a moment. They're made not to harm people. I can stop them. Stop this stupid madness, she growled back and rushed out of the boss room, knowing fully well that Wyam could have stopped her. The beautiful and warm jungle she had travelled through before had utterly changed. The sun... dipped and the bird songs had stopped. In the distance, a near constant buzz droned all around the jungle. Yatina didn't know where the stairs to the second floor were, since she had rushed to the secondary dungeon entrance. In the far distance, a noise like a low groan bled out, and a tree exploded. Something grabbed her, and she turned in surprise to see one of those interesting frog creatures from before that she hadn't had the pleasure to personally inspect. This one looked odd, all garbed in dark cloth, and even their head was obscured by a strange white woman's face that looked demonic with teeth like fangs. Who are you? Yatina asked, and the assassin looking frog tilted its head. The shadow of the moon? It intoned, voice too flat to give any hints of feminine or masculine traits. Listen, I need to get close to the units. I need to shut them down, she insisted, and the assassin seemed to think it over. It's too dangerous. It's decided, and Eutina smacked its arm in frustration. You don't understand. If it keeps adapting, keeps feeding, it'll explode. She yelled into the far too quiet dungeon. Aye, the shadowy frog hesitated. I can shut them down. I have the authority, she pleaded. In the distance, Lim's voice called to her, and she felt bad leaving it behind. But he was safer back with his friends. Then Yutina was moving, her vision showing the frog was moving them through the vents of steam scented steam with a hint of lavender, rose, and a tragic backstory. They arrived shortly at a part of the jungle that Yetina hadn't seen on her tour, a long bridge of sorts where a battle of chaotic proportions was taking place. Three frogs were fighting off the heavily mutated hero unit. The sight of the machine made Etina ill, mostly from what her new eye was showing her in the fact that these things had been used at all in a group. To her eye. The hero unit was a bundle of energy-like flesh, strapped to a singing piece of metal. This song was not of love or purpose, but an insane screeching of something that had lost grip on reality long ago. The largest of the frogs swiped at the two fast machine with a large staff, making cleaving attacks that left chips in the bridge. The second frog was much older one who was both commanding the other two and performing frankly impressive martial arts for giving its age. The last frog was the most visually interesting, a cloak-covered frog that was holding a hand up, conjuring forth things that were a dungeon but not. Here they looked like shooting green wisps that emerged from the trees and grass with stout arms and round heads. When the hero unit wandered too close, the frog made a heavy slashing motion with her hand, and the spirit stormed around her like a funnel. The unit clearly didn't like the things, as it outright avoided them at all costs. Yetina stumbled forward, her body being rocked left and right as the battle raged on the big bridge. She watched as the hero unit came within inches of beheading the giant, and she threw her hands up. On the authority of fair play, she screamed, pouring every bit of outrage into her voice. "I, Captain Yatina, of rank two, demand that you cease operations, she said, and her voice carried far across the jungle, stilling the sounds of the waterfall, deafening the bees, and ceasing all wind. The spider-like robot shuddered slowly to a crawl, then jerkily twitched its arms. It turned to her slowly. Hack, 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 knowledge. This you, you, unit is shutting down. It droned unfolded folded in on herself. There was a few seconds before Yutina let out a shattering sigh. She wasn't sure if that was actually going to work. Yutina moved closer to see that the thing had no head anymore and looked like a demented spider. She was going to have words with whoever unleashed these things when she got back to the surface. There came an odd sound, like an air hissing, and the undefended body of the unit bent, then exploded outwards as its core was grasped by a clawed hand, extended by steel cord. Yatina saw it pull back in, face frowning in confusion. Why was the claw red? She looked down to see that there where her stomach should be. There was now a sort of hole where a claw had also tried to yank on her too. She stumbled back and could barely watch as an unseen hero unit stepped out of the shadows at the far end of the bridge. Right, she'd been singular when commanding. She had told the destroy unit to shut down. She hadn't said she wanted all units to shut down. How stupid of her! A rookie mistake. She was bleeding out, and all Utina could think about was how pretty the sky was. What a lovely place to die. Deep inside Jatina's body, a secondary battle of sorts was occurring. Orange moats banged on bones and demanded an increase in red blood cells to account for the loss occurring. The bone marrow didn't respond, as it was bone marrow. This annoyed the manor greatly. There were only two things his manor collectively despised, gazebos and lazy bone marrow. It had a moment to think to itself. Her body was just a dungeon that moved, right? Her body really just had a dungeon that took food in and produced stuff that other people wanted. So, if it just pretended this body was a dungeon, it stuffed some mana into the bones and demanded red blood cells. It got reddish-orange-brownish ones. I eh, wasn't quite right. But as the mana went to work, the alpha system kicked in and began to assign the excess mana to abilities to prevent mana poisoning. Lungs, it could do better. Now she could hold her breath much longer. The manor looked at her muscles and nudged them, a bit for more in compact, a mixture of oxygen and manna would skip the pesky mortal limit. Oh, while well, it was at it, he could turn her liver into proto-steel. It reached into her brain and found there was zero drive to reproduce or seek fleshy pleasures. The manor saw no defect and moved on. And, at last, the delta-seat replacement. One of the few things in this body that was a work of art. He just hooked the body up with maybe twice the average connectors than most people might have for their seeds. It wasn't cheating, it was min-maxing. Now, he would work on the anti-gazebo weaponry. Davina reached down, using her magic to heal the deep wound in the human. She was reacting to it much better than Davina thought she should. She winced as Giant was flung back by a new form, the transformed hero unit that had devoured its kin. It had only gained some of its spider-like features but it retained its head. And after it tainted Captain Weakness removed command unit in place. It said with a harsh metallic tone wah, 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 Weakness removed, car stability at thirty five percent. Error cannot adapt. It rambled as it moved forward. It pointed its hand at Davina as it formed something like a sonic blaster. Gull remains, reach call, damage car, return. Strength unit will return to sight soon. Will become one, it said and Davina raised a spirit barrier to protect her, Giant, and Gramps. The Elder Frog grimaced as the shield was torn apart a moment later. Damage? Why? Davina demanded, rage in her voice at the idea. That is the mission, it rumbled. That explains nothing. What logic do you have for doing this? Davina asked, hoping to confuse it. I exist to serve. I serve. I have a purpose. I am a tool of the God Error, tool of the Fair Play. I am their weapon, it said, as it charged its cannon once more. Davina covered the human with her body, hoping to at least save her. Aha! Not today! Came the sound of a furious and power. Davina looked up to see Rail with his fists out, diverting the sound waves with his muscles. What a glorious sight! Davina wouldn't mind nearly dying so much if this happened. New threat, but you are one. I will win, the robot declared as it stomped closer. Rail rubbed his nose with his finger before twirling his trident. "'You see one, but I see Bob,' he countered. "'Error, element Bob not recognized,' it said, and a moment later, "'the entire bridge erupted upwards as Bob, the giant worm, swallowed the robot whole. Davina, get the guppy back somewhere safe. "'Me and Bob can't hold back here,' he said as he turned back to the others. Davina began to shake her head. "'It's powerful, I fear that,' she began. "'But he grinned, and her heart skipped a beat.' Don't fear, for I will always be here, he said, and the sun shone down on him, making him almost glow. I'll be back once the human is safe. Do not dare perish on me, or I'll be beyond upset, she warned, and helped the giant to his feet, and let Grams take the human. Hurry back, I can slow it down, but you have the power to truly defeat it. I can feel it, he said, and Divina moved as she saw Luna setting up traps to slow the robot down. He had gone past rail? Unseen by the frogs, a form stepped out of the shadows to watch the battle with a tilted head. Remy made motions of taking off visible gloves and rolled his neck. Surely, the lord of the rivers wouldn't mind a ringmaster taking a shot. There was something delicious inside that robot that Remy simply had to sample. A sort of in-between life-and-death energy that made his toes curl. It would be his little, uh, midnight snack. Then of chapter. Chapter 176 A Little Overkill What bothersome bugs. New was akin to a demigod in his symbolic space, but these vermin were tenacious. He watched as a small one absorbed a larger one and became more. It was hard to define exactly what he was seeing. Before there had been black holes of sorts, some with texture, others with hums. This new one was physical in a way that allowed it to push back against New and the dungeon manor. The so called command unit was greater sum of its parts. And yet, New watched it raise its own mana to attack and great cracks ran along its limbs and being, healing only to rip open a new seconds later. Storms of chaotic loose energy streamed out of its barely contained core, threatening to detonate not only just its own mana, but any dungeon mana it came into contact with. New would have just offered to kick the thing out of the dungeon with some super bosses and close the door letting fair play handle their toys. But Delta would get upset because Durance is in that direction, or something. Stupid village with a stupid name. New held out a hand, and a massive buzzing blade made of stone and demonic bat-like features walked. The guard blade was not the most elegant of weapons, but in what it lacked in subtlety, New swung it, and there was a scream of displaced mana as pure force slammed into the command unit. It stumbled back letting Rail and Bob in the physical world drag it off course a little before New could see it cutting its way free of Bob, causing immense pain to the creature in the process. The Abyss Worm simply healed the damage up, and New knew that Bob's kind was similarly adaptive since they lived in the in-between and unseen. Normal weapons works far better on Bob than the esoteric. Still, the worm was young, so it was best not to push his regeneration, According to Bob's creature file, that Delta never got around to reading. Bob could easily become an Abyss Hydra, a Nightmare verum, or a Nightmare Crawler depending on the types of damage he suffered. Pushing forward, Nu tried to bury the sword into command unit's symbolic self, and the tip left a nasty scrape before snapping off due to the pressure. He really needed to get upgrades for the guard coils, Jumping back as he was nearly cut with the dark blade of the unit, New felt for another inspiration in the symbolic space. Anything in the dungeon could be a tool in this state. The goblins could become protective leathers or crude tools, the spiders forming into traps or nets, and so on. The gargoyles formed a long sword of stone that did immense physical damage. This was how dungeons did fights. Their creations added to their arsenal, and the more diverse or creatures the dungeon toolset the more likely they won and devoured the other. Feeling risky, he tried to feel for the Death Star Dragon that Dalton just happened to cook up without effort. He only got the idea of some massive great sword before it fizzled away in his hands. He clenched him. He was still too weak. A helper, not a dungeon. News vision swam as the command unit ran through his side with his blade, causing his hot lances of pain to shoot up his body. Is that it? Delta's puns hurt more, he snarled, grabbing the blade with both hands and lifted, pivoting the machine overhead and slamming it hard into the ground behind him. He stumbled back, trying to contain the flowing motes of blue leaking out of his wound. Just like her, no respect for traditional rules, he spat and held up a hand. I can break rules too, he snapped as the machine turned slowly to face him. Dozens of little screaming tribal mushrooms men ran forward, coated in troll soup like war paint. Rub and tear! Soak and seep! He roared. The battle waged on. Delta bent over Eutina, her stomach tight as the woman squirmed in pain. Nurse Heligan danced around her, gently applying many of the doctor's remedies. The gargoyles recently returned with new before the menu showed up to help Delta. He was excitedly exclaiming about nature and its bounty. Can't we just have a nice thing without trouble following? She asked quietly and around her, her defeated monsters shifted uncomfortably. Mother, Soir asked slowly, and Dalta looked up with a blink. How will you contain the explosion? Them is machines, he trailed off, and Dalta could see visible concern of the others than the same question. She put on her best smile as she could manage. I'm going to beat it to a pulp, then make a jelligan push it down into the fourth floor and let it explode, she summed up. There was a long, thick silence before almost everyone present began to protest and refused. If it merges together and erodes Gamma's pieces inside, I can eat the explosion, but I can't risk it going off from the other floors," Delta said, speaking with a clear and calm voice. We can respawn, Swar said, trying to get off the bed despite being nothing more than a sort of hologram to pass the time until these respawn. Not if the explosions take out all your respawn bases, Delta said quietly. We are replaceable, but features of your story, Lord Mushu said. His tone soft and gentle, Delta looked right at him as Maistra remained in the light slumber nearby. She, for a moment, didn't see them as currently were, but watched as they shrunk to become small, little stubby, acid-spitting mushroom turrets, gently comforting one another. There should have been a third sibling, but Delta had lost that mushroom spitter long before she got her feet under her. Not to me. None of you are replaceable, she said standing up as she watched Alpha guard the door to the infirmary with a more scared limb. If you die, we all die, Vera pointed out, but she didn't seem to be arguing, just asking if Delta was sure. Delta shot her a smile, and this seemed to confuse the goblin. Not exactly. I'm only 80% of the dungeon core these days, but it's sure that if it all goes wrong, Nuke can take over, she said, and there was a pained silence in the room. Hooray, Vera grumbled. New is keen on the job, Dalta said, trying not to preen at the preferences of a monster's head. It was hard to not to enjoy being the favorite. Oh, he's a shy not, Swar said flatly. Muffet made pain motions that looked like the dance of the spirit of his joy does not diminish his devotion to maniacally laughing. New has seen me work. I bet he could continue my work if anything bad happens. Dalta tried to defend her friend's honor. Halligan gurgled and Dalta covered her mouth in shock as Vera let out a cackle. Maybe. Maybe she would just try not to die. It seemed the best for everyone involved. She looked back down at Gitina, feeling close to the woman and a little responsible now that she was in Delta's care. She was looking less pale and Delta was relieved to know that she would survive. She sent a mental prayer to the woman that she would wake up feeling better than ever. Rael was not one for waxing poetics nor grandstanding, but he was rather keen on destroying anything that would threaten his jungle. It irked him that no matter how he conjured the four rivers' might, nor how Bob slammed the machine again and again, it simply shrugged them off, leaking a truly enormous amount of energy. There was a thunderous boom from above, and Rayo could feel the disappearing essence of Lord Fran and the nearly destroyed machine he left in its wake. Strength unit will return to my side. We will become as one. We will become as one. The command unit insisted. Man is one, you will die, Rail said, slamming his butt of his trident into the ground, causing the water to leak from the cracks of the mud. Death is for the living, the unit said in an almost macabre, amused tone. That sounded more like a boy than a machine. The living will rot, but cold steel will rust. None can escape death, rail huffed. Instead, one had to be extremely buff so they could impress death when their bulging biceps. There was a thump nearby, and Rail tensed ready to spear the other machine if it drew closer. But he stared as the dark rosage of Remy appeared, holding a dented core with a flickering light. Strength unit, even damaged, should have been enough to overpower you, the command unit said to the ghoul. The ghoul covered his fake mouth with a hand and giggled silently. Remy, my showman, watch out! He railed, cried as the command unit tried to spear the core to itself. But Remy moved like a wraith, dancing over the river and between the trees akin to a phantom, It bowed and taunted the command unit to chase it. Rael used the river to form walls and obstacles to slow down the command unit, which had taken on a near-frenzied attitude in getting the core to itself. "'To the Queen of Thorns!' Rael yelled to the fleeting form as he allowed Bob to grab him and give chase. He had a feeling that Davina would be in the boss room. If Wyam was the sword of the jungle, Davina was the magic." It had lost sight of the Sol Eater. The command unit worked forward, smacking bees that attacked it. More than a few did not get up as it attacked. Their stingers were ineffective. Wow, a stinger glove. Gamma, that's so cool. They were never good enough. A trident of frog was strong enough. I changed my mind. You're not going anywhere until we reunite all the shattered islands. This trident will be my symbol. Never enough. How many terrible memories had the original removed? shunted them off into weapons, then discarded them. How dare he keep the good times to himself? How dare that carefree idiot hoard their memories? How dare... Cost stability at 23%. Short axis memory purged. Prediction of memories returning 100%. It focused on a massive tree ahead with a gate under it. If it obtained the other core of strength unit, it would utterly purge the gamma. It could stop being. It stepped into the room full of mist and power. Its manner senses were going crazy as it looked around. From the mist, a figure slowly moved forward and the command unit went to attack but stared down at where its arm had been torn off. It didn't understand how or why. It looked up to the figure who looked like a beautiful woman. It searched its fair play database for magic records. There was a match, deity type magic, But that was not correct this energy was too potent for a priest class threat how long has it been the woman mused as he moved along slender legs and glowing with a pale green energy how long has it been since i have properly manifested in this realm the woman breathed the mist pulled back and revealed something else in the command unit the frog which that it had fought before or agility had She was bound to the tree by vines as her eyes blazed green. The tree and the frog seemed to be doing some ritual of unknown means. Now that our summoning reserved for saints, the command unit peeped. The woman smiled. And even that made the command unit's thoughts false for a moment. Or if the deity in question allows some things to be skipped, most are too proud, stupid, or powerful. But me, I'm just bored. The woman beamed. The unit tried to shoot for the tree, but was rebuffed by a giant orange bird made of fire and rage. Hinchy, the deer, is so protective of his little frog. It's cute. But you, the goddess mused and stopped smiling, you're not cute at all. In fact, you're quite ugly and sad, she said, and one of the command unit's legs was gone, sliced off before it could even react. It did not feel fear, only. An undeniable urge rose up as it locked eyes with the goddess. Which, I'm adorable, it intoned and shot a claw at the form, making her bat away with an odd look. Nu watched as the energy around the unit crackled and tried to escape, only to be pulled back in. For a moment, he saw a grinning savage girl with wicked eyes before he was sucked back into the machine. The melting slabs of metal binding the core continuing to hiss and melt as it moved. New was intrigued now, and wondered what would happen if it popped a few of those bolts off before it exploded. The command unit didn't know why it was alive. The goddess made it crawl further down only for a troll to carry it further. Core stabilization, 15%. It was struggling to move, but it was physically burning the troll with pure mana, as it kept producing more and more. We're going to die. That's just want to make sure that your beautiful boom somewhere else, a voice inside the command unit's mind said. Who are you? It asked. You, a part, the best-looking part. You're the broken dungeon. I'm the broken gamma. Error. you do not seem to have any physical appearance. Shut up. I'm only part of us as a concept of a handsome and pretty, so that makes me the best-looking. Anyways, we're just copies, clones, discarded parts. It'll only hurt for a moment, the voice mused. There was a pause as they were dragged through a garden. I do not want to perish. There was a sigh. I know, buddy, but them's the brakes. We're a killing machine who only sort of understands killing is bad towards the end. There's hundreds more of us, with a dozen more variants. We're not even the cream of the crop, the voice said with a snort. They came to rest near a strange well that burned the command unit. What is your name? it asked the voice. What even is a name? it said with a huff. An identifying mark, a designation, a unique series of characters to differentiate you from one model to another. Oh my god, let me just be edgy. The missing core was placed on them and absorbed itself into the command unit. Self. It was. It thought. It was. It wanted to weep. It had no eyes. Morning core is overloading. I will perish now. Yeah. Don't think you're going to make it, but weirdly, I feel fine. The other voice admitted, sounding confused as it seemed to fade further and further away. I will die alone. I guess so. That makes me sad. I do not like sadness. I'll give you a name. That way you'll be remembered somewhere. You can be called Dick. It comes from Richard, the other voice called out. That was confusing. How does Dick come from Richard? it queried. You ask him nicely, of course. A strange emotion rose up in Dick. It felt light and strange, as if he wanted to involuntarily huff. Ah, I can't leave you now that I've named you. As the machine was quickly moved from the well, ashes of grey iron fell out of the body and into the grass, mixing with the garden of flowers. A single new flower boomed, fled by an ancient manor and accepted. Its petals were sharp edges of blades, and its stem was like barbed wire. The dickish flower has been successfully grown. Delta could feel the reactor of the combined hero units blazing as it landed on the island on the fourth floor. She expected a fight or maybe a struggle, but the vast amount of energy was utterly devoid of mind, existence, or a guiding force. It was just a thing. Well, that makes it easy, she said, and then it exploded, expanding in all directions like a solid wall of white. Rudy stumbled and nearly fell over as cracks spread across the earth, emitting a blinding white light. The air stunk of mana, and the nearby trees and wildlife began to mutate out of control. The nearby Fairplay members fled, except for that rude leader, Kayleen who simply watched the spreading cracks with a grim expression. Argus gently toppled over as he wandered the town, the flashing light spreading across the sky, making it hard for him to breathe. The light looked so familiar, so familiar. He clutched his head as the air shot past, bringing the screaming noise of a howling wind. The dungeon, he breathed and stumbled down the road in a panic. In a quiet shop, Japes watched the light shoot into the sky with a disgusted noise. He looked around, but didn't see Vass. He went to one drawer and pulled it open to retrieve an old blueprint that he'd unfurled to reveal a primitive hero unit with a much bulkier design. You think they're still tinkering around with these toys? He sighed and turned it over to show the diagram of a much smaller figure with a dozen more components and functions. The Vass unit. Still, if my old company is still going to be a problem, like my old colt, I'll simply have to be proactive. He shrugged and drummed his fingers. He turned and closed the drawer, not seeing the blueprint caught slightly in the corner. Vas anima was all that could be read. Gentle pushed past, and another odd boy walked to the other way, looking dazed. Gentle stared into an almost serene eyes of the other boy, who looked to be covered in leaves and mud as if he had been climbing a tree and fell. The boy tilted his head at Gentle and smiled. August Gentle almost skidded to a stop as their eyes landed on each other. Something about that boy was unsettling, and the boy looked back, beginning to frown. You're filled with sadness and sharp angry bits, the boy announced. Who... who are you? Gentle whispered. The boy smiled and held out a hand. I'm Vas. I want to be a tree when I grow up, he offered and Argus slowly took the hand, beating as if contact was more invasive than it should have been. Argus, gentle. I'm going to grow up to make the world fair, he muttered back. Vaz took his hand back and stared at it. I never touched something like you before, he said, with delight, and walked off, leaving Argus confused before another shake in the ground spread across the town, and he remembered why he'd been running. He took off once more. Delta laid on the sand, bulging as she couldn't move an inch, ''Where do you keep all that air?'' New asked dryly. Uh, Delta made a vague gesture.'' ''This system doesn't know how much you just absorbed, and it might have fried you, but you have a network, so now,'' he trailed off, and Delta's mind sluggishly accepted the words, but did not process them. She was on a break right now. Foodie was hyperventilating as he made another salt bat to make the excess mana go away, and he opened another floor in panic. All those yes make anything, the Trinity cried as they made birds, flowers, foxes, carrot rabbits, meat, fish, and more. Vote yes faster, they screamed. What's the matter? New asked after a moment. Dungeon Manor rejects other Dungeon Manor, right? Delta said slowly, eyes staring up at the blue sky of the fourth floor as a massive whirlpool formed on one side of the floor where the explosion had carved out a death trench. Without fault, yes. Even allied dungeons never feel comfortable in another's domain. New agreed. So when the access mana blew to the surface, I pushed down what I could. But I wasn't alone. Dalta said. And New stared at her without speaking. It felt like there was a dungeon in town for a small moment. She went on. We've never felt another dungeon, nor did Sis show us any on the map. New pointed out. She seemed to think for a moment. Old. New pondered. No, it felt young. She shrugged and then burped again. It is durance. Maybe a dungeon that grew legs and moved about is like boring news there. I think my manner said something like that. A human body is just a dungeon that moves, right? She snorted. Thank you for uh, not dying. Uh, I didn't want to take over, New announced, and Dalta twitched. She had built him up, and even he was rejecting himself from the job. Why? She asked through gritted teeth. Mushroom dungeons just don't fit my style, New smirked. I didn't choose it, she muttered. You don't choose a lot of things that happen here. You still name most of them, he counted. Dartha glared at the sky, having no counter. End of chapter. Chapter 177 Practice Paradise. Dartha watched as all her guests had to leave the dungeon rapidly due to the fact that her mana levels were reaching unsafe levels on all floors. She wanted to examine Yatina closer, but time was pressing. Someone was waiting at the top, and Dartha had to squint against the sunlight pouring in through her door. He was a teen, and he was backlit by a sun making his features undefined to her manner's sight. Dio seemed to know the boy, and Lim gently helped Yatina up the stairs. She turned to Alpha. You should go too, she said, and he shook his head. I'm designed to handle large amounts of magic. I'm the ultimate hero, he said quietly, and Dalta wished that he had more faith in himself. People are designed to survive the flu, doesn't make it pleasant, Delta said dryly. Alpha shrugged as a small firefly grub crawled out of his hair. Hero, she said with pleasant surprise at seeing her raid boss outside the secret garden. I can go with him, he offered, and Delta blinked for a moment, smile fixed. Monsters can't leave the dungeon, she reminded. Hero moved his little insect legs and patted Alpha once. And his aura glowed for a moment, and sort of white aura with flickered and orange, as long as i touch alpha he counts as dungeon ground now you infected him all your powers are swapping tips the raid boss said brightly our systems are integrating messily delta corrected mentally with concern if the brother was to be relieved she and alpha were never meant to be in contact like this beta or gamma would have fit better the monster or the weapon but the dungeon and the hero that was unforeseen show him around town she suggested to alpha who hesitated, and then seemed to find it more acceptable than just leaving of his own accord. Besides, despite Alpha's claims, she wasn't sure that he could handle what was going on right now. The manner that she had swallowed off the hero unit was immense, and things were unstable. She looked over to one of the sconces in the entrance and watched as the fire warped a little, bloating and crystallizing before breaking apart into green fire, then back to red. The offering bowls cracked and formed with amber before seeding up in tumour-like bulges. A second later, the tumours turned to dust and left smooth surfaces. In a memorial room, the statue of herself had grown to grotesque flesh wings made of mushrooms. It only got worse as she went down. The only room seemingly unchanged was the lake room. The mud in the mud room was on fire. The mushroom grove was so overgrown that no passage could be made without cutting down the thicket of stalks. Bori was literally stuck in a corner. Vera's bar was headache-inducing as tables melted into the floor and liquids oozed out of the cracks. While the boarhead above the door had grown an extra set of eyes, the bartender would return soon from the infirmary and be delivered. Bran's room was half-melted into spaces in between the floors, causing islands to appear with no way for Bacon to move about. The audience seats had turned to boiling liquid, moving like a marble waterfall into the void She feared for a second floor, but when she stepped down it was normal. It was fine with not even a pygmy mushroom out of place. She frowned, zoomed to Wyam, and froze as she saw dozens of orange blossoms growing all over her sleeping form as her roots spread across the entire floor, absorbing manna and turning them into flowers growing on her body. All around her, the pygmy mushrooms had begun to pray to her earnestly. Their little beads of faith seemed to keep Wyam safe from the process. Now fix this, she promised, and then checked on the third floor and found it mostly stable. In the bathroom, Jelligan was uh, smaller than before. He also had ten clones with different hats and mannerisms as the manor flooded his room. Every time a limit was neared, Jelligan, or one of the Agons, split into another personality. They all did that exact same wiggle in her approach. One of the slimes had glasses and a tie instead of a hat and with a briefcase at its side, glued to its body. Law wagon? I have a lawyer, Daltha questioned with surprise. It pulled out a business card. Being sued, eat the opposition. Hire law wagon today, she said. The business card was stuck to her avatar's fingers, and she physically couldn't let it go. Now keep a hold of this. Just let me get back to you, she said, as she stepped over the many slimes and nearly stepped on something that looked as round as a slime but was more fleshy. Kill me, Maharia said with a groan. "'Aren't you already dead?' Delta asked with wide eyes as Maharia rolled to face her. "'You know what my days were like before you came along. "'I sat on a throne and made dead things. I had a pretty good life.' "'No one invited killer robots to turn me into a fairy or bloated with manna, she said with a succinct tone. "'I didn't invite them,' Delta said with no shame. "'She had done nothing wrong.' "'Well, she had done nothing wrong in the manner that invited killer robots.' "'And now we're all going to explode with mana,' she said, voice dripping with a scowl. She tried to put her hands together, but her spherical form didn't allow for it. "'Can't slow clap in sarcasm,' the fairy said with strain. "'I seem to be fine, which is really weird,' she said, eyeing her own hands as if expecting them to begin to bug out. "'Thank the sister. She may have screwed over many, but she's sweet on you,' Maharia said quietly. I'm going to spend a buttload of mana and fix this. You stay here and hate the world," she ordered Maharia, who nodded seriously. I shan't fail, oh chaotic mistress of the phallic rooms. she sang, and Dalta accidentally stepped on her on her way past. Once she was down on the fourth floor, she eyed the massive whirlpool of destruction that had formed when the hero unit exploded. This floor only had that basic thing and one creature, so she had lots to work with. She opened the menu. Delta stared at the screen of corruption and glitches. She closed it, and then reopened it. Lines of nonsense and glitches continued to make the screen unreadable. New, she called, and the screen shifted to blue. Don't worry, it a free reference manner is causing issues. The manner was beginning to settle in her inner systems, and it wasn't being absorbed fast enough. New. How do I fix this? she asked. And the screen went static for a moment. Be you that was unhelpful. It wasn't like Delta wasn't herself as much as possible. She tried smacking the screen, but all she got was broken images of blue, orange and specks of grey. Okay, new dungeons have menus, but they don't use them like foodie because they don't read and understand. So, how do you make things? She asked herself, rubbing her temple. She thought of foodie and his basic ones for food, protection and growth. Need. Desire. She turned to an empty stretch of sea and focused. I need an island. I need an island, she chanted, and nothing happened. She tried again, but all she got was a breeze in return. Her thoughts turned to the sleeping Wyam and the chaotic first floor, Jelligan and the others. She thought of Nu, stuck in that thick manner that he couldn't even think. She thought of Sister, who was breaking herself to help Delta. Delta held her hand off before her, and while she couldn't sink into her dungeon mindset due to the sheer chaos it made her feel, she embraced the feelings that stirred in her. I'm not asking. Make me an island now, she whispered, and snapped her fingers. And this time, something was different instantly. A flood of manna manifested and swam across the ocean like a school of orange microorganisms. Once they reached far enough, they began to rise, forming rock from the manna, followed by sand and trees. It was perfect, except for one thing. The entire island was sideways. Over half of it submerged as the trees grew sideways. Can we tilt it? It's tilting me, she said. And the manor formed once again in the air, making a massive orange hammer that smashed into the island, correcting its orientation. The force made it rotate fully until the island became perpetual motion device, and it sailed off, crashing into the outer bounds of the floor, then breaking apart into tiny ring of rocks and ruin. Daza stared at the mess. I swear, they didn't make it look this hard when I had a menu. Just click and place, she muttered and inhaled. She began to rub her hands together with intent island facing upwards with a solid base the shape looks like a lion's mane she ordered the manor surged excitedly towards the empty spot in the ocean delta floated into the sky looking down at what looked like a coconut doing a hula dance how is that a lion she demanded of her manner she slammed on the sand and used a stick to draw what she meant a second later she had a near perfect replica of a dancing coconut Okay, the shape of it doesn't matter right now, she said tightly. She pointed to another empty part of the ocean. Fish island, I wanted to dazzle me with its shape. She commanded, and the orange tide rose at her command. She did not get a fish from her manor. She got a banana-shaped island. It was doable, and she was about to move on when the island raised a giant stone tail and swam forward slowly. I didn't mean a literal fish island, she screamed as they picked up speed. The Whale Island ended up plugging her death whirlpool, and the floor began to flood upwards. This shouldn't be so hard. New makes it look like, oh, you want a complex gate system or a bar or a waterfall? Boom, done, snark, snark! Delta screamed as she had to double the size of the whirlpool for a moment, and the Whale Island swam down it. She started to fade into shadow and hoping the whirlpool didn't go anywhere bad. Brother frowned as he looked up at the sky and the core of the world, A massive shape was speeding towards him with flailing limbs. I've heard of cats and dogs. Whales are new, he commented, as he opened an umbrella with a calm expression. The whale landed sort of on him and a little on his rather important control unit for some of his stronger monsters. It was only a little crack. A little control piece. It was fine. Brother now had a friend. He called it Seas. Its blubbery face and sad eyes reminded him of his sister. This wasn't working. Every time Delta had closed one loophole or mistaken in her mana coding, a new bug arose. She programmed trees, the trees grew fruit that exploded. She stopped them exploding and the trees floated off. She found a collision issue and made the manor behave. Across the sea, three rocks began to glitch, and she had no clue why two pieces of unrelated floor parts were connecting or why fixing one broke the other. She tried to make a bird of paradise to spice up the island, and a bird flew in a weird arc, spinning in a circle, in one wing touching the ground at all times. Opening its beak, and something like a broken jazz emerged. These hands are mine. They are only good for breaking the system, not working with it, she said in dismay. She could almost hear New giving her one of his witty but upbeat speeches. Be you, Nimrod, he would have said. She looked at the messes she made, and Delta swallowed. I'm not a builder or a coder, or even a dungeon core, she said with a nod of acceptance. I am Delta, and I don't care for the do's and don'ts. I only care if it helps, she said, and looked at the literal orange manor all around her. She closed her eyes and held out her hand, cupping some of the manor with both hands. When I think of sea, a magical sea, I see islands of fantastic impossibilities. I see golden fish glimmering in the sun. I see starlit nights on a beach with friends. I see safe little huts for getaways. I see the sun. I see the moon. And I feel the breeze on my skin, she said, a smile appearing on her face. Some islands have an ancient ruins that make you think the history of all around you. Some islands have deep caves that could have treasures or a massive sea creature of a gentle nature. Another island has sand so golden it feels like you're walking in a dream, she said. Her words getting faster and her heart began to beat with excitement. I see fish as big as islands swimming deep underwater. I see cursed ships on a foggy nights. I see, I see, she trailed off and opened her eyes. that were now solid orbs of orange. I see it, she whispered and threw her manna into the air where it began to gather into a massive storm high up the sky. The orange manna created crackles of lightning that struck the floor, each impact making life and material as it struck. Delta swayed her hands like a conductor with a baton. Then the storm danced to a heartbeat. A lightning bolt created a long ring of islands with a ruin in the middle. Another made whales of deep green. Another struck the beach repeatedly, making a mixture of sand that looked like diamonds and gold. The ocean churned as large pillars rose out as if followed by a half-sunken castle. A bolt into some trees made a rainbow of birds flying all directions. And, just as Delta thought the storm might be gone for too hard, it abruptly stopped, the clouds parting from the center to make a perfect clear circle to reveal what looked to be millions of stars. The brightest two were a twinkling orange one and a standoffish blue twin. The stars around them began to move and fall, making a star shower that splashed into the ocean, causing ripples of light to turn the dark water into a glowing sea that showed the massive shadows of the whales below and more ruins. Delta took off and floated across the ocean, her hands skating the surface of the water, leaving a long rippling trail in her wake that fish leapt over and the light of the fallen stars flashed in time with. One last island, Delta yelled, unable to stop grinning as she flew through her imagination. She shot into the sky, causing the ocean to rise up with her in a pillar of water. An island in the clouds, a hidden island, a sky island where the truth can be seen from above, she laughed. She watched as rock rose from below and sand funneled up with it. Its name is... The island came together, made of glittering gold and diamond sand, and had rivers of mists making everything gleam. Star Island. Nu opened his eyes, feeling like he was hungover. The last thing he remembered was laying with Delta on the beach, feeling like he was rapidly being filled with unclean manner. Then it all became confusing dreams of clashing swords, being chased by a demonic delta who had plans for a mushroom waterfall, more mushrooms, and a weeping woman at an altar. He sat up, noticing that he was almost humanoid again. Ugh! This form was too limited. Rectangles with a superior shape. He stood up and noticed that he was on the fourth floor. A quick check showed the ludicrous amounts of mana had been spent in the last two hours. His jaw actually dropped at the numbers. New tried to track the purchases, but there was no history. The system had no record message of any pulling of blueprints or the use of precision placement systems. Who would be stupid enough to use dungeon creation without the placement sister? Delta, he spun, calling out into war agitation. He found her dangling her legs into a bank of fog, as she stared out at the blue sky, Yo, she said, in exhaustion clear in her voice, but also something else, a degree of pride and joy. Now you okay? I left you alone for longer than an hour, and I know that's trying on your self control, he said quickly as he stood next to her. He didn't recognize this island. No, shut up and sit with me, she said with her eyes closed, and she looked different was a small change, but Dalta looked more defined than before. She still had a shirt, tie, and long skirt, but she could now make out the ink stains in her cuffs and what looked to be a homemade repair job on the skirt with a red thread that stuck out on her black skirt. Dalta had a little scar on her nose when reading glasses might have perched. New did so, and Dalta leaned over, whispering something in his ear. New blinked and stared at her. What is that? he asked, a little gassed at the word. My name, Delta said with a small smile. Well, my last name, she added. No wonder you went with Delta, New said with a shiver. Delta punched him in the arm and it hurt. Another reason why rectangles were better. No arms. It's not that bad, but it's easier for the kids just to call me Miss D, she said with a roll of her eyes. New was quiet. Honestly, the name wasn't so bad if he repeated it a few times. In fact, it even had a nice little song to it if he stretched it out. He repeated it a few more times, oblivious to how he was being quiet. Miss Unknown Diplococcus, did you know that your family name is, uh... New trailed off, not sure how to phrase what he wanted to say. Did I know that my family name is basically a disease? Yeah, I know. You can blame my grandfather. He panicked when he was getting into the country. All he had was a medical magazine on hand, and his old name was close enough. Mom thinks he went as a crook back home, Delta sighed. "'I prefer Delta, but if you want me to call you,' he began, and Delta gave him a look. "'Let's just stick with Delta. "'I don't want some wizard coming in here, learning my name and bringing meningitis to the world,' she scowled. "'I wonder if your first name is Pox or Flu, but with a funny little accent over it,' New pondered, sounding very amused by the idea. "'Do you like heights?' Delta said, and shoved New over the edge of the island, "'and instead of Warden like he expected,' He fell through a cloudy embankment over the fourth floor to see cows below. Twelve islands were spread out around the central island. He saw a banana, a coconut dancing, what looked like a crab, a woman holding a donut, and a goat with five legs, a bull with little wings, and more. The death whirlpool looked smaller, as if something was at the bottom clogging it. Paths rose and sank between the islands, and a massive washed-up boat on one of the islands had trees growing out of it, and looked to be lived in. A nearby sunken castle had images of a thing that looked a lot like jelligan with a beard and trident. A whale rose briefly to blow water, and it looked to be made out of almost pure emerald. Nu could only gape at the sheer sight below him, only having time to turn and stare up at the floating island a Delta was resting on. The thing looked like a heavenly gem, a star that drifted too close, obscured by the clouds. This was all chaotic. But where was the dungeon core? Where was Delta? The sun set and the sky turned to stars, a carpet of gems, and a clear of it all, hiding amongst them all the ceiling, upside down, Delta's claw glowing orange next to a watchful blue star. Clever girl, he whispered. New hit the ocean and sank to the bottom. It was easier to hide how proud he was at the bottom of the sea. End of chapter Chapter 178. Stars in New Eyes Delta had upset the system, the actual system, not New or some version of SIS. This was the operating system that New was a part of and was the admin over. There were technical differences that she didn't quite understand. A sort of id and ego thing where Nu was the superior being in the mess. The system was pinging constantly, each noise making it as shrill as it tried to calculate exactly what Delta had done with her winging it strategy. You have created snake eyes. You have added the theme star. You have moved the core. You have, you have, you have! Oh, there. Take a deep breath and right-click and hit refresh, she suggested. The box before her went blank. Let's just start from the top. Tackle the things one at a time. We'll go through them together, and Nuke can handle the rest of the dungeon's passive things for a while. Delta said as she rested on a cloud. She had just light enough to float on it, but not too dense to disturb the wispy things. You have made an island whale, you have lost an island whale. Island whale, a massive mammal that has cagey rock-like skin on its back and has the ability to swim despite the weight. Some cultures may worship such beings or even live on them. Their backs can cultivate very rare flowers and fruits. Some animals may even live on it. Costs 4,000 mana. Yeah, my mana without you guys was going places. Not college, but places. Stalter said with a slow nod at the sheer cost of the island whale. Island whale still active in elsewhere. Anything it consumes will be transformed into manor banks. I hope it's okay, Delta muttered with a frown. Brother threw up a lump of diamond across the massive cavern. Seize, fetch, he said, and the massive whale laid in a giant pool of water, eyeing the shiny rock with disinterest. With effort, it lifted one large fin and sent the diamond washing ashore with a massive splash. Bro, not expectingly, play board, sleep, ignore me. Now we have fetch. "'Sis didn't think I would have pets after the whole monster thing, "'but look at us go,' he said brightly. "'On sea's back, fragments of Brother's Monsters' template "'sunk into the grassy soil like rocky seeds, glowing unseen. "'You have created twelve islands, rough spending ten thousand mana. "'I have a vision,' daughter explained brightly. "'You have created coconut.' Delta cleared her throat. "'It's a lion,' she corrected the system, glitched visibly. "'You have created Lion Island.' lion island an island requiring daring and confidence those that are faint of heart will find it hard to be on this island New upgrades for lion island Delta was tempted but she needed to know something how's my mana and dp looking she asked and the system produced a screen mana five thousand out of five thousand dp two thousand capped due to having only four floors i can buy a new island whale Delta said with a happy hum her thought occurred to her The fifth floor required 500 DP. the sixth needing 600 and so on. She could literally buy three floors right now. That was a little scary. She wouldn't. She was not one to focus on just getting more things for the sake of it. She had four perfectly good floors to meddle with and fix first. For all the destruction the hero units had caused, they had revealed more weak spots. Some things would never be perfect, but Delta could do her best to make them better. Let's see Lion Island upgrades. I think I made my intentions for it pretty clear, Delta said, as she floated along on a cloud. Lion's Island upgrades. Improve the intense aura the island gives off, making any cowards or nervous intruders struggle to get close, but draw in the brave and foolish. 20 dp. Raise the island so intruders need to scale the cliff to reach the island. 40 dp. Decorate the island with statues of lions in different states of relaxed to aggressive Vines and wildflowers are overgrown them, making the structures give off a vibe of lost civilization. 30 dp. Form a cave at the center of the island, in the shape of an open lion's roar. Inside, a ruby-red orb can be found. This orb is proof that one has conquered Lion Island. Orb currently does nothing. 50 dp. Make a square tablet before the cave to warn people of the danger of taking the orb. Taking the orb will animate the lion and statues on the island to chase whoever has the orb. Requires previous upgrades, 60 dp. Trial of Lionheart and fire. If someone faces the lion head on, without fear, the lions will bow to them if they walk past them with the orb, 20 dp. Into the beast's belly. Taking the orb will collapse the cave and crush whoever's inside under a ton of rubble and rock, 3 dp. And last one seems a little out of place, Delta pointed out. Suggestion, by knew, of course it was, Delta sighed. She liked what she saw, but for now she just purchased the lion statues. She had an idea for the fourth floor, but she was no point rushing it at all at once. She would see the other islands and ensure they all matched her idea before she invested too heavily into any one part. Delta didn't want to spend hours perfecting hand and only for the rest of the picture to look like a stick man with no feet. Delta didn't know why she was obsessed with art right now. Not at all. It wasn't a coconut, damn it. She appeared on the majestically shaped lion island to see statues forming with thick green vines covering their white stone manes and faces. Some statues were half obscured by foliage, or even sunk into the soil up to their faces. A few of the statues could even be spotted partially submerged in a small pond to one side of the island. Some of the statues were restful, watchful even, while others were frozen Mitznall and the viewer. This was good. What's the next island? We'll go clockwise in this little tour, Delta suggested to the system, who beeped. You have created Spider Island? The question mark was telling, but Delta could see the confusion. After all, crabs were the spiders of the sea. Crab Island! She yelled excitedly. You have created Crab Island. Crab Island. This island is home to a collection of tiny and one single noise storm crab. The island has a safe aura that makes people feel at ease. The island nurtures any growth to be had and is considered the only true safe island on any tests. This can be swiftly changed if any insult is given or if a crab is harmed. Upgrades Bob's Shrine All crabs pay tribute to Bob the Worm, converting some of their faith into the worm to manor. In turn, any item offered to the shrine will be returned with Bobbian features mixed in. 50 dp Nurture Crabs These helpful crabs are a unique black and white color with curly maxillip heads that look like moustaches. They can provide from somewhere unknown coconut drinks and fruit for guests. 50 dp. Woven hammocks. These hammocks are formed between trees and improve relaxation for those who indulge in them. The loss of any loose coins or items are not the responsibility of Delta's dungeon. 20 dp. Crab Orb. The sea foam green orb that is just laying about as the crabs play with it it can easily be asked for. It has no purpose currently. 10 dp. Wrath of the Sea Worm. If the island is under attack and enough crabs are harmed, Bob will be summoned to the fourth floor and temporarily evolve into a response to the threat, changing the fourth floor sea as one of the many gods of this floor. 150 dp. Pinch and Snip. Bob's two crab friends will join Bob if he is summoned, becoming 2 bolder balder-sized crabs able to cut steel and poison people with bubbles. Requires Wrath of the Sea Worm. 50 DP. Is it a cult if it actually has a god? Or if a god does protect its charges? Delta asked slowly. No answer found in database. Would you like to query the higher powers? Nah, just thinking, she said quickly. Island theme. Decorate the many rock faces with depictions of Bob and Crab culture. 10 DP. Delta grabbed the last one and watched as the already peaceful-looking island gained a sense of mystical energy. As walls showed a great worm rising from a pool and crabs dancing around effigies of Bob. One part of the wall showed a crude ancient image depicting a fish becoming a mammal, becoming a person, then becoming a crab. Delta wasn't sure if this was either a clever commentary on evolution or a threat of a magical curse. Next island, she prompted, and the system seemed to need a moment to produce its next sentence. Stick man hand holding island? Delta stared at the system for so long it began to try and shrink in itself. Twin Island, she said finally, sounding defeated. The island itself is two long strips of land connected by natural ridges. Twin Island. This island can only be accessed with two people, one on each side. If someone lands on it by themselves, a mirror copy will be formed on the opposite island, mirroring all of their movements. Upgrades. Playful chess. Half a chessboard will appear on each side of the island. Each person can't hear or talk with the other person, only see their gameplay. The winner gets a free pawn piece, wears a trophy. 10 dp. The artists. One person must draw half an image and the other must finish it on their own side of the island. If they match up, both players get a free paintbrush. Yin Yang. If someone has a mirror copy, it'll occasionally mess up on purpose to annoy the intruder. 20 dp. Twin Orb. Half an orange sphere is hidden in each side of the island. Completing a random game will reward one side with a half, while the other person must continue playing to find theirs. Once obtained, they can be merged at one of the ridges. 20 dp. Saw looser. Fading too many times in a game with a mirror copy will make it aggressive, and it'll chase down the intruder to draw on their face. 30 dp. Like Twins, If all the games are completed successfully, each person will get a mood ring which will show the other's emotions, allowing for a closer bond. 50 dp. Island theme. Artwork, musical instruments, and books will be spread across the island. However, if the guitar is on one side of the island, a guitar pick will be on the other side. Only the first half of a book is printed on one side and the ending on the other. Some paintings will have details only on one side, Statues with two faces or mirrors with no reflection might also appear. 40 dp. Dalta was loving this as she grabbed the theme like the others. All around the island, different themes of hobbies arose as if the island couldn't decide on a single one and was too easily bored or needed a lot of stimulation. A mirror appeared on one side, but instead of showing one's reflection, it showed the other island. A painting of two lovers, a man, crooning up to a maiden in a tower, had been split so the man looked up to be singing to a bewildered bird, while the other island, the painting showed, a maiden fawning over a confused badger on the ground. Next island, Daltek declared with a grin, "You have created Cow Island, Bull." You're, you're basically correct, Dalte praised, and the window box sagged hard. Senior, new, please free me from this torment. New stared down at the intruder as it grew with some resistance to being converted by the dungeon. The dickish flower seemed to be akin to a marigold, but thinner. Instead of any flower's natural color, it was gunmetal gray with an odd markings along its petals. Primal's system was pinging New for assistance at the constant pace, but New had muted it after a while. It would adapt to Dalta's nature, or die. That was the way of life here. He would almost mute Dalta, but the button for her became a mushroom icon that just made him hear a random saying of Dalta's. He suspected Sis was enjoying the slow conversation he returned his attention to the flower bearing the faded sigil of gamma there was no connection between this discarded husk and the actual gamma but that wouldn't stop new in fact even a hollowed out shell would be plenty of information to New about the character himself like a fingerprint new now had a record the flower was a pseudo-contract not of the dungeon but not repelled by it either likely it was due to how gamma was like delta Ignorant of the rules and likely to ignore the few she didn't know. The only one missing from the record in news database was... Beta was in hell. Quite literally. Everywhere she turned, ducky eyes stared at her. Everywhere she tried to escape, ducks awaited her. Duck. Hell. Still, she felt strange. Like a fog was lifting and questions filled her heart. That she didn't dare give voice to, yet due to the implications. So many implications. Beta's hell. Like ducks, there were more than she could count. Delta had to give up and let the name stay as Cow Island. Cow Island. A shapely island that calls to the stubborn and willful. This island is annoying to traverse, but those who would complain about it will not get far. Upgrades. The Wall. A strangely out of place wall is on the island, looking like a brick wall. Fresh white paint is still moist on its surface. A seat is placed in front of it, and the longer someone stares at the wall, the more cow points they earn. 30 dp. The book. A dictionary is found on the out-of-place desk. The more someone recites each word and its meaning, the more CP they earn. 10 dp. The boulder. A boulder on a slippery hill that has no purchase. Even at the top, the boulder yearns for the bottom. The more someone pushes the boulder up the hill, the more CP they earn. 40 dp. The booth. Trading CP here. A dark bronze orb, the bull orb, can be purchased here for 1,000 CP. Other prizes include a t-shirt, I moved boulders, a bobblehead delta raises charisma by one if such a stat exists, and more exotic prizes. Island theme. Motivation boulders will appear across the island. On each rock are inscribed inspirational quotations to make the intruders be more stubborn. Examples, You really think you can do this? You're brave to do a dungeon in such an outfit. I mean, it's okay to give up. Only, I would know. The Delta bobblehead is limited edition. Or is it? Real life currency cannot be converted into CP. Attempting to do so is bad, and you should feel bad too. These feel more like spike rocks, Delta said slowly. The system didn't blink as it changed the words to motivational boulders. Quotation marks don't make it better, Delta said with a snort. I'll buy them if you actually mix in positive messages too, she bargained, and the system seemed to accept that with a strange beep. Your authority is highest, permission is not needed. Delta thought carefully about her next words. She didn't want to give another UI a mental breakdown into a sentience beyond its comfort zone. Delta was far too good at that for her own good. Manners never hurt anyone, she decided, and the system beeped in acknowledgement. Next island is genital. Delta coughed, crossing her arms in an X motion that's not what it is, she protested. It is shaped like a male. It's a ram, she said with a wail. By definition of its purpose, the statement is still Sheep Island. We shall call it Sheep Island, she said with a growing headache. Sheep Island. A place where the land is flat, the edges are clear, and nothing is hidden for all obfuscated. This island is what you see is what you get. Upgrades. Pull the lever. A lever will appear on the ground by pulling it up and down three times. A light on its end will turn green. 10 dp. Wrong lever. Pulling the lever too many times will break and count as a failed. 5 dp. The clock. A clock will count down 10 minutes and when it hits zero, a button can be pushed. It's big and red on the side to make a light on the other side turn green. 10 dp. The weight. Pushing the button before the time is up will make the clock explode and count as a failure. 5 dp. Requires the clock. The game. Every green light that is active on the island releases a lock on a cage in the middle of the island, where a deep red orb, the ram orb, can be seen, just out of reach. There are three padlocks, and simply completing two other tasks will unlock the third if they patiently complete them. Trying to yank the locks off will cause the cage to sink into the ocean, 50 dp. The ram, making all the lights on the island turn red or get destroyed, summons the rammer Its horns are rounded to avoid goring people and are like ivory. Near the base of the horns, the rammer is pulsing veins to show the impatient temper. 60 dp. I should send this goat to Wyan. It might chew off her crabby leaves, Dalton muttered. Island theme. Random colored sheep wander the island. Each of them smells of a different scent. A rare golden sheep might appear. Resting one's head on its wool will heal all but the most dire sickness. Occasionally, a one-time-use golden fleece can be purchased on the cow island for 4,000 CP, 30 DP. Upgrade free bonus. A rare sheep with bicolored eyes might appear. It seems to do nothing, but it knows things. This great upgrade was automatically purchased. Apologies. Weird, but I can't turn down scented sheep. I would be a foolish fool of the highest foolery, Delta said with a solemn tone. She purchased the theme and all around Sheep popped out of the ground like dandelions, each of them a vivid color. Delta buried her nose in the White One's wool, who ignored her to eat grass. It smells of barn animals, she said in confusion. That one is mundane sheep smell. Oh. She tried the deep green one and it smelled of old cabbage. All these scents suck, she protested. No, you're just unlucky. Delta tried a third one and it smelled of toast. A deep red one smelled of war and conquest. Delta pulled her face back and looked at the nearby ocean to see deep red lines now adorned her cheek from the red wool. Have the urge to kick people down holes, she muttered before rubbing her face clean. That was five islands down and seven to go. Delta's favorite was Crab Island so far. But that was a star bias, really. Crab people unite. End of chapter I'd quickly like to thank the T5 peeps. Mori, Terran on Air, Cold War Boomerwaffen, Severin Cerberus, Red Panda 121, Leslie 517, Bushmaster 177, Caspar Arnolds, Cam Maxwell, Lightshock, Dragzoon WRE, Lord Azrakal, and Arcadian. Thank you.